Lord, whatever you want to do this morning, we will follow you. Thank you, Lord, for leading your, your people. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And we are grateful for a God who is specifically concerned with our direction. And wherever you lead is a good place. It's a warm place. It's a place of victory. It's a place where we can stand strong and obey you. It is a place where we can shine in a dark world. Fill us with your word, God, that we may be effective in all that you are doing in us, through us, to us. Before it ever happens, while we're waiting for you to accomplish it, we'll say thank you. We'll say thank you. We'll be grateful. We'll have an attitude of gratitude because you are a good God. You are a great God. And you're in the middle of doing everything you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. If you love your church, will you clap your hands like you love your church? That's good. Hug somebody and uh, have your seat. Come on, hug somebody and uh, wrap your arms around somebody. That's the church right there. Wrap your hands around the church. That's good. I don't know what's going to happen today. I have no idea. And uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting place to tread um, in that. And so I will just uh, be obedient to the Lord. Is that all right? Now, I want to encourage you, you know, I'm, I am, uh, while I love to preach the word, declare the, the word of the Lord, I love the way Elder Yule said it yes, last week, um, uh, give a report from heaven. I'm a teacher at heart. Um, I, I like to see the light uh, come on and then for people to actually accomplish or do what they're learning. And so I want to encourage you to follow the Lord. Um, it's not always simple. It's not always easy. Uh, you can't always see where he's going or what he's doing, uh, but he, he'll always be pushing you, nudging you just a little bit. And all you have to do is be, um, be um, obedient. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to trust the Lord. Um, I think that's, it's a lot of what's happening today is about trusting the Lord. Isn't that good? Uh, I'd like to ask a question. If somebody really trusts the Lord, if you really trust God, what does that look like? What does it feel like? What kinds of decisions do you actually make? If you knew that God was with you and all you had to do was trust him, what would you not fail to actually do? What, you, what would you step into with confidence and assurance that, that didn't, it didn't matter what you faced, you, if you knew that God was pushing you in that way, that you would, you would jump into that opportunity. That's what it looks like to truly, truly trust the Lord. Uh, those of you who need to have conversations with your children, don't be afraid this week. Um, nobody on earth has the authority and the responsibility and the investment that you have had in their lives. And though they may reject your words, I promise you that words fall on ground. And God is responsible to, especially if you speak his word, which is a powerful seed, it will do what it's supposed to do. So those of you who are parents, don't be afraid to, 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 
to answer that question, to buy that gift, to send that text message, to buy that meal, to spend that time, to sit close and maybe not say a word, to knock on the door and go into the room, no matter what it smells like. Don't be afraid because God is with you. Uh, this morning, um, or is it morning? Yeah, this morning I, I, I want to do a, a small recap, but I want to take a step forward in what we're doing. Is that all right? We, uh, we got our, our, our text a couple of weeks ago from Zechariah verse 9, uh, chapter 9, verses uh, 10 or 11 and 12. All right? If you're listening, you can correct me this morning, this morning. Zechariah 9, verse 11 and 12. It says, as for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners who have hope. This very day, I am declaring that I will restore double to you. NIV says double for each of your troubles. How many of you want double for your trouble? How many of you have been counting your troubles? Anybody been to have the courage to face the facts so you can keep the faith? I feel that, homeboy. I, not, not a never another day in the hospital. You hear me, sir? Not a never another one. I'm sorry. I'm going to take that double for you right quick. I'm done with it. Ain't that right, mama? Mama clap her hands. All right. I'm all right with that. Uh, double for your troubles. It, it's, it's, um, you know, that really is, is about, about uh, trusting the Lord. Uh, I don't really want to concentrate on thirst as much as I want to think about the, uh, the, um, the acronym uh, that the Lord gave me regarding hope. Just a quick recap. H, do you remember what it was? So, students, do you remember what it was? Hope, H is for? Holiness is the? Hatred of sin. Now, Pete, I appreciate your uh, attentiveness and your remembrance. Help your people. H is for what? The holiness is the hatred of sin. Very good. Not the absence of it. Appreciate that, Rod. Um, and, um, and that's a very important thing for you to understand. Those of you, I see a couple of new faces. Remember, Jesus, even Jesus was tempted in every way a man can be tempted. So evil and temptation and sin is always apparent. It's always also your choice whether to go up in there or not. But if you are holy, it's not that you are better or, or more significant or anything like that, but it is that you hate what God hates and you love what God loves. So important for your life. I'm trying to help you to have hope, all right? Uh, next word is, oh, what did it say? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I swear I promised you I was listening. For, I was listening. <laughs> I wanted to hear you hollering. Somebody say, off with his head. It's something, about, it's something about that hatred against evil that David had when he heard the Goliath talking about, the, about his God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It's kind of like he called him out on his mama. You know what I mean? And, and you, know, you know when somebody talk about your mama, you know, you, we don't do that. You know, I'm the only one that can talk about my mama. You understand? You understand when somebody else talk about it, it's a problem. And Goliath was talking about their God, and David, David had a holy indignation about him. And he didn't, he took the, takes the stone, knocks him in his head, and the Bible says that, that, that Goliath fell with his face 
to the ground. You ever seen a, a boxer get popped on that one that spot? I don't care how dope you are, how hot you are. The only if if you get hit in that one spot, you going down with your hands down by your side. Boom, and that's what it is. And so it's interesting though. I don't know why I've always read that verse as in David that Goliath was dead then. I always read it that way, P. But then when I looked a little just a little bit closer, what I see is that David wasn't going he wasn't going to guess about it. Because it could have been dead. But that wasn't the issue. David, was, David told him, this day, I'm going to have your head. Some of y'all have to get this holy indignation about the sin that is in your life. I know you get a little, little worried about you Christians. Y'all don't like to be called sinners. I get it. I understand. Nobody wants to be called a sinner. But if there's anything that's keeping you from the presence, the voice, the, the, uh, uh, the, um, the wisdom, the, the presence of God, that my sister, my dear brother, is sin. Yeah. Right? Now, this is the place we can come, we can have a, a, talk, a locker room, all right? So don't, don't get embarrassed about the sin. That's what the enemy wants to keep you, quiet and embarrassed, secretive. You know what I mean? Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> then Lady Carolyn get up there and tell you, get it in the middle aisle. Now everybody know. <laughs> Why? Because we care more about what you got to do when you walk out this door than we care about you being embarrassed inside the room with the family. That all right? But you have to have a holy indignation against the enemy and knock off with his head. Take it out of your life. H-O, the next one is P. Now there's a bunch of P's in this one. What did it say? Power to the pain of the weight by what? Preparing to what? Pay it forward. Hannah was convinced before she ever received Samuel. She said, Lord, if you just give me a son, I'm going to give him back to you. But she, before she ever got pregnant, before she ever uh, uh, laid with her husband, if she, she promised God that I'm going to give it up to you, Father, before, but if, before I ever get it. She had already, she, you know, it's nothing. God has no problem trusting you if he knows that what he's going to give you, that you don't hold it dearer than him. And this is why when Abraham was received Isaac, God had to test him. Yeah. Kill the boy. Have mercy. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, sir. I just looked at you and I got a little Jesus in my soul. Kill, kill the boy. That's what the Lord told Abraham to do. And in Abra God was testing Abraham to see if he was going to give the dream away. The dream that God had promised him. Now let me tell you why that one thing was so important. It was because what God wanted to do through Abraham had very little to do with Isaac. What it really had to do with is you and me. Right. It wasn't just about Isaac getting his dream, but it was about God's dream for the family of God for the kingdom of God in this nation and in, and in coupling nations don't know who's listening to me today. Whatever it is, when, when Abraham was giving up Isaac, that was Abraham telling God, I know you're going to do what you said. So I'm willing to give it up because death must be a part of the process. Isaac ends up having two sons. And one of his sons ends up having 12 sons. And those 12 sons end up being a nation. 
through which, of course, Jesus Christ comes through. So many things, and, and, and you know, sometimes we go through stuff and we see our own stuff, but we're not thinking about who's watching. We're not thinking about who's waiting on the other side of our obedience. And if we are only concerned with what we want, what we have, our comfort, what we need God to do, then I promise you, you don't get it. That's why you have to prepare. You got to do what? Power through the pain of the weight. So while you to do what? Have to prepare to pay it forward. When you are convinced in your heart that what is for you is not just for you, then the Lord is, then the Lord is easy to bring. He will bring you. He'll, he'll answer your, your prayers. Ooh, I hear you, sir. E is for? Exercise the power of praise and worship. Praise and worship is a power tool. Thinking about in Second Chronicles when the people of God were being bullied. They amassed themselves at the bottom of the hill, and the first thing the king said was bring the singers. And the singers didn't do anything but say, bless the Lord. Let me see, what did it say? It said again, give thanks to the Lord for his faithfulness endures forever. They said it over and over again and just praising the Lord called confused their enemy. And the three, well, two came against one. And then who going to kill the one? Well, they killed themselves. That's crazy. I'm sorry. That is crazy. Especially if you read the Bible, not as an analogy or a metaphor, but actual history, something that actually happened. Thank you, Lord, for praise and worship because it decentralizes itself. Now I can't concentrate on me, my discomfort, my want, my lack, my thirst. But I, be, but I become focused on his face of the blesser. Praise and worship is a weapon for what God wants to hope for. I want to borrow, if you, if you don't mind, Poppy, from your, from your devotions on Friday. Anybody see devotions on Friday morning? It was good, yes? Very, very good. Yep, I love that. Appreciate that. Some of y'all need to go on back and listen to it. I'm going to do, do my best to do a part of what Poppy talked to Dad talked about on, on, on Friday morning because I think it's important, the understanding of what hope actually is. I talked about last week of hope being earnest expectation. Earnest expectation. Hope is a rest on the trustworthiness of God to keep his promises. And that trustworthiness is guaranteed because of the blood. There's a, there's a scripture that everybody likes to quote. Um, I think I'll go there just a little bit. I, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. You know what it is, don't you know it by heart? I can't stand, I almost can't stand hearing people, be, people say it. Because I, I, I don't even know if they really know what they talking about. I'm serious. I think some people just read part of the Bible and, not, and they don't get it all. What I came to understand, Dad, when I was looking at this, this verse, is it's in the light. Man, this verse is in the light of a prophecy given by a false prophet in, in chapter 28. Uh-huh. So the Israelites were in Babylon, slaves, and this false prophet said, don't you worry, it's just going to be two years. That's it, just two years. Check me if I'm doing In fact, it's the exact same verse in the chapter before, 2811. You can see that the, the, the prophet said, in, he said, uh, 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 you, uh, you're going to be released from this prison in, in, in uh, two years. And then Jeremiah said, nuh-uh. <laughs> 
Sometimes you gotta go just a little bit, a little bit more. I think, ooh, a little bit, little bit back. 29:11. So I need to go back up this way. Ooh. Please forgive me. Stand by, Houston. There we go. I want to go back up to verse four. Let's just start four because it makes sense in terms of the sentence. Jeremiah 29, 4. Oh, there go my notes. There we go. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. This is Jeremiah prophesying. He says, build homes and plan to stay. <laughs> Jesus. Plant gardens and eat food and produce. Marry and have children. Now let me stop here just a moment. He didn't say have a girlfriend. Didn't I say have a boyfriend? He said, put a ring on it. I don't know who that's for. I'm just going to put it out there. Maybe it's for somebody online this morning. Put a ring on it. That's what, the, that's what it says. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I'm all right. <laughs> Kitty, I appreciate you, sir. It says, then find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. Multiply. Do not dwindle away. That's verse 6. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord, for it is, it is its welfare will determine your welfare. Oh, sorry. This is what the Lord of heaven's army said, of, of the God has, uh, Israel has said. Do not let your prophets and your fortune tellers who you are with in this land, Babylon, trick you. Do not listen to your dare dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have, not, I have not sent them, says the Lord. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. Lord have mercy. But then I will come to you and do for you, do all the good things I have promised and I will bring you home again. Now before I go to 11, this is what the Lord said. Where you are, that place of bondage, that place where you feel stuck, that place where you feel that you can't get away from, that place that is bothering you over and over again, it is that place that you put down roots and God is gonna turn the situation around right there where you are. Sometimes we see it see it the wrong way and then God tells him because you know why for I have for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope man let me stop right there that word hope in verse 2911 uh, help me daddy uh, tikva, 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 T-I-Q-V-A, tikva. That is that word in there. And it means two things. I thought this was powerful what Poppy said uh, on, 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 on Friday. He said that that word tikva, according to Strong's, means two things. Number one, it means expectancy. Now, that draw a, a, a clear difference between expectancy and expectation. And I love this because sometimes we like to put our demands on God. Like what we want is what he wants. 
And that's what it gets you frustrated. Some of y'all need to get in that line when the, when, the, when, the, when the mama was talking, when the Sita was saying you're frustrated. That was some of y'all needed to raise your hands because you've been waiting on something that you want and God is incubating something inside of you until he wants to get it to you. There's a difference between expectancy and expectations. Simple difference. Expectin expectation is about what I want. I'm going to make the list, going to set, put a date on it and show you how it looks and what it feels like and what it says and what it does not say. And this is my list, right? Expectancy is a, oh, I love the way you said it. You said expectancy is based on who God is not just what he will do. I'm sorry, that, that makes it more powerful because it's like you have to hold on with your hands open. You have to hold on to it with your hands open because God has the right to change the date, the size, the language, the delivery. He has the right to put it in whatever package he wants to have it. And if you trust him, then it'll be a whole lot more than what you expected. This next thing, that's good, yes? I feel that one, yeah. But this next one I thought was really funky. I'm going to do a little bit of a, a, uh, a demonstration. Is that all right? Is that okay? The next one is, a, the next definition of tikva is accord. As in an attachment. It's, it's because hope connects us to the future. That same chord we see in Joshua. When the, when the, when the, when the uh, spies went into the, to the city, they got in trouble. And they found a woman of the night. If you understand what I'm saying. But you know, women of the night, they real wise. They got eyes in the back of their head. You understand what I'm saying? They might have a piece or a little spray that hurts you if you come the wrong way. I'm talking about a wise woman of the night as she saw these people and she understood where they came from and they had gone throughout the land. That those people of, of that God over there, they, they, they coming over here to the Israelites and we, we in trouble. Yeah. And then Rahab said, well, sir, yeah, I'm finna find me a way up in their side because up in here y'all's going down. They make a deal. Rahab says, I'll help you out of the, out of the thing because they're going to come get y'all. Come on in. Come Let me holler at you. Come on. Got in her house and they made a deal. They say, Look here. She said, Look here. Now I'm going to tell everybody where you at if you don't help me and my family. She wasn't just about her, but she also was about her family. The Lord's going to deal with that in the next couple of weeks. I promise you that. They get up in there and the, the, two, the, the, the spies say, you know what? I like you, lady. We're going to do it. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to drop down a cord. It's going to be red. And that's the way I know where you are. And so when the battle comes, because we is a coming. You understand? We coming. We coming. When we get there, we're, gonna, we're not going to worry. We're going we're gonna to save you and your family. But you got to have that cord, that red cord. 
I, something about the color red that I love. You understand? It's the color of the blood of my Jesus. Man, I love this cord. And in that cord, because she had no reason to trust them. Because as far as she was concerned, they were her enemy. As far as they was concerned, she was their enemy. But she decided, for the sake of this conversation, to trust in the cord. I think you might want to see it. Frederick, if you would, please, please stand here, sir. Uh, Elder John, Jackie, please, if you would, come, come, if you would, please. Yeah, Jack, you too, please. Mom, if you could stand next to uh, Jack. Come on down here, move it like we got something to do, people. Stand next to Frederick. And uh, Poppy, if you please, if you would, oh, stand next to Frederick. Face that way, stand next to Mom. Come stand next to Jack, just right, right here. Stand next to, uh, uh, let's start here. Uh, let's see, Pumpkin, uh, come here. Uh, yeah. Jane's not here today. Brenda's not here today. That's all right. Uh, come stand here. Right here. Uh, 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 Miss Sandra, ooh, come stand here right here. Please, 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 come, come. She put that cord out. That cord represented her hope. Did you, did you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Her hope. Yes, close. Now, hope. No, no, Frederick. Uh, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle John, come on the other side of Frederick. Now, do me a favor. Hold hands. Have a good. She put all of you. Hold hands. Uh, she put that hope in the cord that was represented by the power of the blood of Jesus. And I'm talking about hope. I'm talking about the definition of hope because you see it don't you when you when when you have hope and specifically in the red cord then all your dreams can come true I'm saying do you see it though yeah I'm saying do you see it though You see it though. Cause if my homeboy would have never seen, he never would have decided to stay at this church. Never would have decided to listen to God about this man. If they, they would have decided to leave, leave the church, thought about it, didn't you? I said, I remember that time she dropped out the car. I ain't gonna talk about it. I ain't gonna bring it up. I'm gonna leave it back down there, back up in there. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes your cord got to be real quiet back in the back door. You understand? But you have to have people in your corner praying for you when you can't see nothing but a cord. Just but a cord. And when you have the prophetic word that saw two men, yes, you did. I'm sorry when they're connected to what God did 47 years ago. You understand? Then that, then that cord, then that cord. Come here, baby. Come here, baby. Look at that, though. 
did that turn around this way. Then God, this is him arm, arm, arm. Then just stay connected to the cord. You better stay connected to the cord because all your dreams are connected to the cord. Y'all quick to jump ship and get mad and pissed off. Y'all better stay right here because I'm telling you, 23 is going to be a year like anything you ever seen. But you got to stay connected to the cord. You got to stay connected to that cord. Because if it, because you're gonna, you, you may even forfeit what God wanted to do. Because it's not, a, it's not about just your dreams. But it's about what it's about. Those of you who are 35, 45 who need God to give you a cord. Single and God needs you to give a cord. I'm your cord. You understand? If he can do it for me, get me so fine. Uh, he can do it for you. Cord of hope. I like that. Cord of hope. You can sit down. I love you. Appreciate you. Lord did that for me this morning. He said, Cord, Lord, I appreciate you. Lord, let me get up out of here. Have mercy on us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, now it's one thing to know what hope is. It's another thing to acquire it. It's another thing to have it in your heart, to own it, that it, that it is deep inside of your soul, that when you have to face the facts of the day and the clicking of the clock and the phone calls and the, and the asking of the questions and them, uh, the, the, the bill collectors coming, right? You, you got to have something. It's one thing to know that it's out there, that it exists. It's a whole other thing that it belongs to you. Four quick things. It's so funny, Dad. It's the weirdest thing. I've been talking about this only for since yesterday the Lord gave it to me. Uh, it, it's, I mean, this is another lesson for those of you who are hearing, learning to, to trust the Lord in an adventure. When you wake up in the morning, the first thoughts that you have, pay attention because the Lord may be talking to you. But there's another place. It's right before you fall asleep. Because it's like your body and your soul get out the way. Right? And your spirit is able to speak very strongly to you. So the Lord spoke to me something Friday night going to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, he, he, had, he had said it, said the same thing again. Now, I thought it was for somebody particular. Then I had to do it again and then again today, and I'm going to do it again. Is that, that all right? And so, because um, so, what I need you to do is I need you, because it's about the, it's the end, of the year is gone. And, and, and the Lord wants to hand walk us into some things next year that are absolutely miraculous. And, and it's going to set a fire in this place. But if you are not ready to handle it, it will boing you up. Boink, you're going to be boinked. Boinked. <laughs> you know, boinked. <laughs> and so, so I need you to, to catch these four things, four simple things that God gave me th uh, yesterday morning, Friday night. Uh, that, that, I, that I think will help us to not just know that hope exists, but to have it in your heart. That all right? Yeah. Number one, you ready? Uh, listen, now I done sent you a text and stuff, and it, it changed. Oh, all right, I love you, appreciate you. All right, number one, you ready for number one? Four quick things that ain't going to take me long. Can I have just a little bit more of your time? Is that okay? 
Is that all right? Okay, I just don't want your permission, because sometimes y'all just try nodding and walking out and stuff, so I just want to make sure y'all have y'all permission, all right? Here we go. You ready? You ready? You ready? Number one, you got to belong to God. Belong to God. Romans 6. Uh, no. I want to do one, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Ooh, might have to do both of them. Here we go. Or do you not know, and that's the problem some of y'all don't know, and this is something you need to be absolutely sure of, and that is that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. One more, Romans 6, 15 says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourself as someone as a slave to obedience, you are a slave to the one to the one whom you obey, either in sin resulting in death or in obedience resulting in righteousness. There ain't no middle ground. Ain't no great area. Some of y'all got a hernia trying to make it a great area. If you're going to have hope, you have to belong to God. You have to truly in your whole life, in your whole self, in your mind, your will, and your emotions. According to 1 Corinthians, your whole body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is why we spend so much time about sanctification and holiness. Because, because you've got to belong to God. You need to belong to God. Now, this next one the Lord said to me is a, was strange to me, but I get it now. Number two. God, does God belong to you? Now, it's one thing for you to belong to God, or you say you do. It's a whole other thing for God to belong to you. I think I'm going to go Psalms 119.94, I think, and 95. One, Psalm 119.94.95 says, here's what it says. It says, I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts, or I have obeyed your commandments. The wicked that wait for me destroy, wait to destroy me, I shall diligently consider your testimonies or your promises. If you want hope, God has got to belong to you. It's a lot of people who are asking the question about who God really is and what God they're going to serve and making, making it clear of which God it is that you serve. This is, I promise you, I am not speaking about Allah. I am not speaking about Buddha. I am not speaking about Krishna or Shiva or Yoruba. I'm not talking about that. Somebody said that, you know, all, all cultures lead to the same God. No. John, John, and John wrote that Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. No man gets to the Father in heaven and having the kingdom of God but through Jesus. He is the demarcation. You're going to have to decide which line you stand on. It's coming a day very clearly, even now, in this time. We got to vote again. Next week, starting on Monday. Ain't that right, babe? Starting on tomorrow's early voting. I'm just going to say, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. You've got to belong to that God. You want God, you want evidence of in your life that God belongs to you or that, and that you belong to God. Next thing, number three, it says, John 1, 1 through 5. Before I say that, number three is believe in his word. The only thing that fuels the hope that God wants to give you is the fact that Jesus Christ existed, was born of a virgin, lived for 33 years, was, died, was killed, tortured, dead, buried, three days. It wasn't like he was in a coma, you know what I mean? But he buried, heart exploded, can't live inside of that body, dead, buried, and after three days, he rose from the dead. If this is not facts to you, then we don't have a, a chance. We don't, we don't, we, we, there's no point. Oh, um, but if you believe in his word, then something is different. John 1, 1 through 5, I love this, it's meat to me. John 1, 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the, hear me out, the word. And the word was with God. And the word, what? Was God. And then it, then it clarifies what he just said. And he was in the beginning with God. I, I, I love that. I, I, I absolutely love that. Because, because now we see an even, an even more interesting morph or facet of God. We already know he's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus. So, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but now there's an aspect of his word that now can become alive to you. Remember, I remind, want to remind you, I've said it many times, that the clinical definition of death is no change. So maybe the clinical definition of life is constant change. Now, the reason why I help you understand that is because when you look at the Word of God, if it is alive, then it'll transform you every single time you read it. Some of you really need a different, a different and a deeper relationship with the Word of God. Don't just read the words on the page as if, as if someone is telling a story. Don't just read the words like it's a, a moment in history. Don't just read it like it's, it's what you're supposed to do when you get guilty because you have it, right? But read it because it's meat to you. Because when you read it, you are transformed, you are changed. Paul said in, in Philippians 2 that if, if you're having a challenge with your desires and your, uh, your, ap your desires and your ability to please God, then you have to allow God to work in you. Because when you allow God to work in you, he will help you to do, to actually uh, desire and to accomplish or to do what pleases God. That's about putting his word in your soul. I'm sorry, Solomon said that it's the ways of a transgressor that's hard. Some of y'all think it's real hard to be a Christian. I'd like to present to you that maybe it's because there's something hard in you. 
Because the moment you believe in what the word says, as long as, long as you make your body agree, agree with what the word says, then you can be transformed in a way that now your desires and your decisions, now it starts to reflect the fact that you belong to God and that God belongs to you. Thank you, Father. John 1, oh, I was down to uh, verse 3. Uh, he was in the beginning. Okay, let's, let's see. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing, can, nothing came into being that has come into being. In other words, we would not, it would be nothing would exist if God did not exist. It's a whole other existential epistemological question, but we could talk about that in a different time. Verse 4, which I love, Poppy, check this out. It says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. One more verse before I go. And light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Jesus, every time I see the God, the Bible, it changes again for me. Here's what I'd like to see is, 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 is uh, uh, I'm talking about having hope. Some of you really need God to do something financially for you. You need God to do something relationally for you. I'm wondering how much of the word is inside of you. Because if you have the word inside of you, then you shine in the darkness. That is, you bring attention to yourself. Uh -huh. you, you, you feel me? And so when you put the application in, when, when the opportunity comes to, for the, for the, for the uh, 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 loan uh, officer to decide whether or not, you can have the apartment where the decision is being made is something that draws them to your light because it shines from you. Yeah. Kind of see it like, I know y'all have a, an issue with, with Marvel versus DC and, 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 and Batman is a DC guy. I get it. I'm all right. with. Well, I don't care which one. Hey, ain't now one of them paying my bills. But I'm just saying, uh, Batman put a light on top of the building. And when everybody, when, when they needed Batman to do something, a light came forth. Yeah. And it attracted the one that's going to solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering how much of his light is in you. And that is determined by your relationship with the word of God. Yeah. I'm talking about actually having the hope that we know exists. Last one, and I'm done. Have mercy on this one, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Number one, be long to God. And then God belongs to you. And number three, believe in his word. Check this one, Poppy. Be labor in your CPA. Be labor. That's weird silence. Be, be labor in your CPA. Can somebody uh, help me with what a CPA is? Uh, it's, it's, you're calling your 
purpose and your assignment. Calling from God, purpose is what he called you to, the result, and the assignment is the location, the place where you fulfill what he called you to do. You rocking with me? Be labor in your CPA. Which way should I go, Lord, the bottom one or the top one? Romans 15, 13 through 21. I'm going to read really quickly until I get down to verse 18. Verse 13. Now may the God of hope, because that's the part that I really need you to hear. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and in, in believing. Let me tell you something. What God has for you is going to bring you joy and it's going to bring you peace. So that when you abound in hope, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And concern you, my brethren, this is Paul talking to the Romans, I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness and filled with knowledge and able to also admonish one another. You're going to take care of one another. Verse 14, 15, but I have written very boldly to you on some point so that as to remind you again because of the grace that was given me from God to be a minister of Christ to Jesus to the Gentiles ministering as a priest of the gospel of God so that my offering of the Gentiles may become acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, therefore in Christ Jesus I have found reason for boasting in these things pertaining to God. Verse 18, for I will not Presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles of the word, by word and deed, in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round about as far as Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Verse 20, check it out. And thus, I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation, but as, but as it is written, they who had no news of him shall see, and they who have not heard shall understand belong to the Lord God belong to you believe in his word and belabor in your CPA when Paul was talking in this moment he was talking to believers who was who are good at encouraging one another because it's easy to talk to people who already know Jesus is the Lord Jesus. But what Paul was convinced of was that was not enough. But that his true influence was, was because of those who had not heard him yet. Maybe, some, maybe the reason, maybe the reason you're, you have struggled with hope. Is, and and the, because the struggle has been with what you don't have instead of what you're supposed to be doing for God. Maybe the struggle has been you're so concentrated on you, what you don't have, what you're thirsty for, what you need God to do. 
And all God wants to do is turn yourself away from you into what he wants you to actually do. I know you may not want to hear it, but I'm telling you, we're about to go to Thanksgiving. And some of your family is heathens. I know you don't want me to talk about your mama, but I'm talking about your mama. Your mammy is a heathen. <laughs> this week, this week, you're going to get the opportunity to shine. Not because of the blood that runs through your veins, but because of the cord of hope that you need to extend to them. And some of the challenges that you have had is because you are the answer. That you have a God inside of you that will transform the very face of your whole family. When Joseph had the dream and he went through all that he went through, he had to press past the pain and prepare to pay it forward. Because it was not just about Joseph's pain, but it was about God sending Joseph ahead so that Joseph could be a part of the answer of saving his family. I know you have disdained the things that you have been through. So you have even hated God because he allowed it to happen. I could talk about some things like right there. It's funny. Um, this, I've, heard, I've read, read this story many times. And maybe uh, my baby brother will watch this one day. Uh, but I remember when... Um, when, when my husband texted me and left me, and uh, I was having a moment with my brother, and Matt said to me, I went through it first. So I could help you through it. I want to draw attention to the things that you have been through that have been striking against your hope, striking against the things that you believe in God to change and turn around and have a divine reversal. And you found you you, you you said you're trying to turn around. It's like, yeah. <laughs> try to turn this thing around, Lord. Turn it around. <laughs> I'm sorry, you saw that in my prayer. You try to turn it around, and God is taking you the long way around. But I want you to know He's working in the middle of it. He's got to change you first. Because if he didn't change Joseph, why? He could have had all, his, all of his brothers killed. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that anger, the imagination of looking up out of that pit that his brothers dropped him in. The hopelessness that was in his heart. But how God 
was going to take him through a process that didn't just save the life of he and his brothers, but it ended up providing a place for the whole nation of Israel to grow and multiply. It's that season where we thank the Lord for even the tough things, the difficult things that we haven't been able to see ourselves out of because God has a plan for even your pain. If you trust him, he won't just leave you there. If you trust him, if you have put your hope in him, if you take all your hope and let that cord out of the, out of the window, I promise you, you'll end up in a lineage that you never earned or never should have been a part of. Because if you trace the lineage of Jesus himself, you'll find Rahab. I think the issue is that we've had the wrong perspective of ourselves. It's been small. It's been selfish. It's been introspective. But this, that life is, is, is that uh, this that God wants to do in us is a whole lot bigger than your discomfort. Remember being thirst, thirsty, the R, is running away from discomfort. Today we've had a Holy Ghost hoot nanny. Did you enjoy the Holy Ghost hoot nanny? My mama's good for Holy Ghost hoot nanny. You know that, don't you? <laughs> That's the best. And now it's time for us to walk away and do something about what God has given us these last few weeks. I want you to start thinking about 2023. Start thinking about uh, 2023 and what God wants to complete in you. Maybe there's some things that you need to make sure that you get right, that you leave it in 22 before you go on, in, on into 23. And, 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 and you better do it because I'm telling you, you don't want to have any weight or sin going into 23. You want to have not sin, but you don't also you don't want to have weight because we're going to run in 23. So get, get your weight up, get in shape, and don't you let go of your hope because God will not disappoint. Oh, he will not disappoint because of the Holy Spirit that he will give to us. I'm grateful to the Lord today. Lord, we're grateful. Oh, that you are a good shepherd and that you lead us in the path of righteousness not so that we can be comfort our namesake but your namesake we're grateful because your your reputation is what is on the line and god we need a deeper yes inside of us that we would belong to you and that you would belong to us Break open your word in a new and fresh exponential way. Lord, that we can fall in love, be addicted to your word. We need to be addicted to your word. To not be able, our body aches when, when we don't spend time in your word. 
because it is spirit and it is life. Lord, we are cognizant that we need to become a demonstration of your kingdom. We need to become an execution of your power. And so, Lord, fill us with courage to accomplish your, your call, purpose, and assignment in our lives. That we may be effective and hit the goal for which we were created. We're grateful, Lord, that you would call us to this end. In Jesus' name. By your glory. Because of you because of what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Everyone.